I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. Hello and welcome to another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. The last podcast episode I released was about honoring others to build them up rather than dishonoring others, which breaks people down. And I just really love that idea of honoring yourself and honoring the people around you. And I've been really using that in my own life and really trying to convey this to the people that I'm working with. Well, I was scrolling through Facebook and I like to have things like our Sacred Earth Facebook group. That's the group that I got this particular passage out that I'm going to read to you. I like to look at really fascinating things in nature and positive things when I'm on social media. So I was scrolling through and I checked out this post that someone posted on our sacred earth. And the reason why I want to share this with you today is because it's just another example of how honoring another person as an individual in the world is just so important. So the post is based on a tribe in Southern Africa and the way that they carry on the legacy and celebrate the individuality of each of the members in the tribe. So this story will tell of a tribe that believes in honoring the character and identity of a child even before they're born. This tribe also gets others involved in doing the very same thing. They carve a path for themselves in their lifetime, and they maintain a solid legacy after they pass because of this decision. The people in the tribe are described as being calm, confident, content, and secure. They don't have this feeling of emotions that are driving the the wheel, the steering wheel of their life. They don't have that same level of anxiety or depression. Some of the things that I'm going to read to you are just so powerful. And as I read, I want you to think of what it would have been like if the people that raised you had treated you when you were a child the way that these beautiful people in Southern Africa treat their children. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up again is because we talked about honoring last week. So this is just going to be just such a great supplement to that. So this post was in a group, again, called Our Sacred Earth. And it was posted about four days ago by someone named Giddy Johnson. In the Himba tribe of, in Southern Africa, the date of birth of a child is fixed, not at the time of its arrival in the world, nor in its design, but much earlier, since the day the child is thought in his mother's mind. When a woman decides she's going to have a child, she settles down and rests under a tree, and she listens until she can hear the song of the child who wants to be born. And after she heard this child's song, she comes back to the man who will be the father of the child to teach him that song. And then when they make love to physically design the child, they sing the song of the child to invite him. When the mother is pregnant, she teaches the singing of this child to the midwives and older women of the village. So when the child is born, old women and people around him sing his song to welcome him. As the child grows, the other villagers learn his song. So if the child falls or gets hurt, he always finds someone to pick him up 
and sing his song. Similarly, if the child does something wonderful or successfully passes through the rites of passage, the people of the village sing his song to honor him. In the tribe, there is another opportunity where villagers sing for the child. If, at any time during his life, the person commits an aberrant crime or a social act, so if they do something socially inappropriate, the individual is called in the center of the village and the people of the community form a circle around him. Then they sing his song. The tribe recognizes that the correction of antisocial behavior does not pass through punishment. It is by love and reminder of identity. When you recognize your own song, you don't want or need to do anything that would harm the other, and the same way through their lives. In marriage, songs are sung together. And when getting old, this kid is lying in bed ready to die. All the villagers know his song, and they sing for the last time his song. I wanted to share that with you because I just thought it was so beautiful. People with borderline personality disorder, CPTSD, EUPD, we're all looking and searching for our identity. And here we have an example of a tribe of people who create this identity for each individual in the tribe, in their community, even before the child is born. So that any time the child loses its footing in life and forgets who they are and where they come from, there are plenty of people around them to remind them, this is your song, this is who you are. Even when the individual does something wrong, commits a crime, is antisocial, right? So having a personality disorder is antisocial. So anytime this happens, this person is standing in the middle of a circle surrounded by people in love, singing the song, saying, essentially, this is who you are embodied in this song. Is your behavior a reflection of this? And is this how you want to represent yourself? We're here together and we're going through this with you. And we want you to know that we remember who you are. So remember who you are and act like that. Be that person. I just thought, you know, gosh, imagine you had had that upbringing, that you were that child, and that even though you were born with a different temperament or trauma or abuse, any time something went wrong or you were hurt in your life, instead of invalidation, trauma, pain, attacking, isolation, mental hospitals, eating disorders, etc., there were a group of people who would stand around you and sing the song of your identity. How would that have shifted who you are? What would your song be? It got me to thinking about how I have you kind of look at who you're becoming and walk that path. So if you've been listening and following along with me, I want you to take the time today to go into that story, to think about what your song would be and then write it down. Share it with someone. Be vulnerable. Find that Facebook post. 
if you need to. Re-listen to that story and sing that song of your identity, of who you're becoming. And always bring yourself back to who you're becoming so that you remember to honor yourself. I mean, another thing that I thought was so beautiful is that this person, their legacy, it's just carried on through generation because of that song is just so individual, individualized to that person. So as you think about identity development and your moral compass work, and you think about, you know, a lot of the, you know, questions I get from parents of people with borderline personality disorder, CPTSD, is why? Why did this happen? Why? Don't focus on the why. Close the door to yesterday. Open the door to, to tomorrow. And start to embrace yourself. You were a, an individual and you were designed for a purpose in this life, no matter what your spiritual beliefs are. I believe that God created every individual for a purpose and that everyone matters and that creation isn't random. But what do you believe? Do you believe that you were born for a purpose? Do you believe in the universe? What do you believe in? And what does that say about how you were designed and how you know you want to carry out that identity? Close the door to yesterday, open the door tomorrow, and start to honor your child who has borderline personality disorder as a diagnosis or who seems to have that, or your grandchild or your niece or your nephew. Honor that person. Not the antisocial behavior, but remind them of who they are and love. Encourage them. Build them up. Stop asking why. And if you're diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, honor yourself. Come up with your song, your identity. Tell it to someone. And start to believe that you're important because you are important. Did you ever look up and see a rainbow? Do you think that a human created a rainbow? Whatever you believe in, start to connect yourself to the world around you and recognize and realize that you're here on this earth for a purpose. You have an identity. You were beautifully designed for that life. And think if only throughout your lifespan, someone had just showed that to you. What would it be like now? So remember, as you walk this path of recovery, there are hard days and hard times. There's that constant question, why? I've been having lots of conversations with parents of people, teens, younger kids with BPD. And, you know, after a big episode, if they're screaming or cursing or yelling or punching or kicking, you know, they say, why? Like, I tried to do the best I could. And it just, this is what's happening. Why? Well, that individual, you know, they need to be reminded of who they were before the pain and the trauma. And they need that to be done in love. And they need support to walk the path back to who they're becoming. That goes for kids. If you're a partner out there, that's what your partner needs. And if you're at this alone, I commend you. That's honorable. 
So you have to treat yourself as if you're an honorable individual and I want you to walk the path to who you're becoming. Sing your song and recognize that you are here for a purpose. Honor yourself. Today's question comes from someone who has a diagnosis of complex post-traumatic stress disorder. This individual wanted to know how to tell the difference between being prepared and safe after experiencing trauma and being hypervigilant and overly cautious. Such a great question. The example that was given was if they were walking down the street and you know, are going on a hike or a walk and there a car was driving slowly past them and they kind of focus on it, pay attention and kind of take a different route. Is that too much? How do you know when you know the behavior that you're engaging in is part of the trauma? And my response to that was after you experience trauma, your worldview has changed. A lot of the time you realize that there's evil in the world. You kind of always knew it, right? As a young child, we know right from wrong. But to wake up one day and have this conscious awareness that evil exists and people do bad things to other people is a very hard thing to wrap your mind around. So your view of the world has changed. And so things like recognizing cars slowing down or what we call situational awareness, being aware of your surroundings, aware of what's happening you know, in your environment are things that I feel like are just necessary and important to do once you have that recognition that yes, bad things happen to good people sometimes. So being hypervigilant, carrying or hyper aware, um, carrying mace, taking uh, self-defense courses, jujitsu, martial arts courses, all of those things are logical ways to prepare for the unknown when you have had an experience of trauma. So I suggest that you look into preparation. And I've said this before on previous episodes. It's better to be prepared than to be scared. And if you've experienced fear before, there's nothing wrong with going out there, taking jujitsu, taking self-defense classes, taking martial arts, and making sure that you know that if something were to happen in the community that was dangerous, you would know what to do. What would you do if someone was following you? What would you do? You know, those are scary conversations, sure. But they're conversations to have, especially after trauma. And you have to tailor that as well to what happened to your individual traumatic experiences. The next thing that I would say is, you know, if you're worried about whether or not it's becoming an obsession and you're saying, okay, well, you know, well, situational awareness makes sense. But what if someone is mean to me? So if you have a situation where someone is mean to you and it reminds you of the past or bullying or it reminds you of, you know, abuse by a family member or what have you, you know, if you want to look really at whether or not you're willing to allow people in your environment to be who they are. Sometimes people are going to be mean to you. So after one offense, if someone's mean to you, you don't have to cut them off, right? Remember we talked last week about honoring someone, so not cutting someone out the minute they make a mistake. I want you to start to create formulas and protocols that make sense to your individual life in order to overcome some of these things. For example, if someone is mean to you three times in a way that makes you feel bad about yourself and you're not able to handle that, 
Give them three opportunities. On the third opportunity, you can put space between yourself and that person. Maybe it's part of your trauma and you need to work through that with your clinician or your coach. Or maybe you're not at a place where you can tolerate someone's repeated attacks yet. That's something that you're working towards, right? In creating that song, creating that identity for yourself. If you're not at that point yet, there's no shame in that. What we want to do is always move forward. And even if we're moving forward in small steps, small bites of the elephant, my mother-in-law and father-in-law say that. It's such a really neat way to look at it. Think of recovery as this big elephant. You just want to take those small bites. If you're moving forward, you're moving forward. But if you feel like anytime anyone acts even remotely close to the person that traumatized you and you cut them out, that's your policy. That would be something I would say is a bit dysfunctional. You really want to shift and change that so it allows space for people to come into your life and for you to be able to evaluate them after repeated exposure to be able to determine whether or not that's the kind of person that they are. Right? If it comes down to something like dating, you want to go on a few dates in a public place, keep them short. If you feel uncomfortable, after the first date, second date, third date, all of those times, even you're trying, then you don't, you can choose whether or not you want to continue to go to move on with that situation. So I hope that's helpful. When you, when your trauma impacts the way that you view other people and you start putting people in the box that you're going to abuse me just like my mother did, or just like my you know, ex did, etc. Then you get yourself into muddy waters because you miss opportunity and connection and you start to make assumptions about the character of other people. But when you sense that something something is off, you store that information and continue to gather more information. You honor that person that you're in relationship with. You choose to allow them to show you who you are without first cutting them off. So such a wonderful question. I really appreciate um, that question being asked. And if you have questions for me on the podcast, send them in. All right, everybody, we'll talk to you next week for another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. Okay, thanks for listening. That was From Borderline to Beautiful, a production of Skeeter's Strength Mindset Coaching Systems, LLC online coaching that helps frustrated individuals, resentful couples, and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Visit us on the web at skeeterstrength.com. If you like this show, remember, you can hear it on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or any app you use to listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get a new episode every week. Next time on the show, we'll continue to talk about moral compass work. We have communication skills, parenting skills, eating disorders, and a lot of other awesome things for you. If you want to get in touch, you can leave me a voice message. Some of you had some comments and questions from the last episode, so let's hear them. I'd love to hear whatever questions you have, too. Just download the Anchor mobile app, search for From Borderline to Beautiful, and tap the message button to send me a voice message. All right. We made it. Thanks again for listening. I'm Rose Skeeters, and I'll be back next week with another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. Talk to you then.